Hello, and welcome to the Read Through Podcast with Kim and Julia. Today, we're discussing the book Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. We're so happy you could join us. Welcome to the Read Through Podcast with Kimberly and Julia. I'm Julia. I'm Kimberly. And we are so excited for you to come and join us on this discussion about books and theater and life. Kim and I met each other at, in college, so about nine years ago, we've been friends for nine years. Nine years, which is, wow. It's incredible. I can't believe I've known you for that long. It's I know, awesome. right? <laughs> um, but we're super excited to do this podcast. So uh, we both, we again, like I said, we met at school and we were both studying theater education. And so when we talked about doing a podcast, we both liked to read and we thought, oh, let's do a podcast about books. But then we also both obviously love theater. We both have a master's degree in theater education. And so we thought we should blend our passions together and talk about both books, but also from a theatrical perspective. So that is what the read through is all about. I'm so excited for this book. It's called Such a Fun Age. I had a blast reading it because what was so interesting was I was right around the main character's age. So that made it more exciting for me. And I also liked how it dealt with some serious issues such as racism and just growing up and classism. But it dealt with it in a way that's not super aggressive or in your face. It just shows how the nuances of those big, big things yeah, for sure. I agree. I read it first. This is my second time reading it when we reread it for the podcast. I also read it back right before the pandemic uh, when everything was going on with that. So changed my perspective on the book, and I am really excited to get to talk about it. So first things first, if you haven't read Such a Fun Age, it is a really wonderful story about a 26-year-old um, black woman named Amira and her basically journey with Amira at a party, having a great time with her friends, you know, hanging out on a Friday night. And she gets a phone call from Alix. And Alix asks, you know, something's happened at the house and she needs Amira to please take her daughter, who's I think two or three years old at this point. And you sort of take her away from the house just so she's out of the way. So she's safe somewhere where she's not going to, you know, be upset by the police that are showing up at the Chamberlain home. And Amira's like, Okay, I don't look like a nanny right now, but I mean, I've been at a party, but sure, I, I'll be glad to help out. I love Briar. I'll help her. Well, she goes to, the, she takes um, Briar to a grocery store because Briar loves the grocery store. She likes to smell the tea and look at the nuts and dance in the freezer section and, you know, things that two-year-olds love to do. But then things don't exactly go the way that she has in mind. Kim? Right. And that's where things really get interesting. And that's actually one of my favorite situations in the book because I could see there's just I could see how that could happen but yeah so someone basically challenges her if she's even supposed to be with this child and she's accused of taking this child against her will and so they call the security and then this whole big thing's happened because like Julia mentioned um Amira had been drinking and she was at a party and so they're like, why is this lady with this, with this young child here? So that's where the situation gets kind of messy. We first meet the situations with the race situations in the book. Yeah. And I think that really is my favorite part of the book, even though it's the most intense. Um, I really 
loved seeing Amira's thought process going through that, you know, really traumatizing uh, event, right? She was mm-hmm. both scared and angry and just in shock that this was happening to her. And I thought that, you know, as a 26 year old who was reading it at the time, the first time I was like, I have absolutely no idea how I would even begin to conduct myself mm-hmm. if I was accused of stealing a child. Right. Exactly. Like, no idea. Yeah. And I also liked how they touched on how the little girl's reacting. You know, she's like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Cause she's so innocent. Why would mm-hmm. she think anything is wrong with her um, nanny? Like, why would she mm-hmm. think anything is wrong? I like how we get to see these situations through so many different ages. I think the author does such a good job with that. Yeah, I agree. So one of the sections that we're going to do in this podcast, not only will we you know, talk about the book, uh, the read-through portion, but we will also have a section called Director's Notes. So that's what we're going to move into at this point, uh, where we talk about the book from our perspective as theater educators. So, uh, so Kim... And I think this flows really well into what the scene we were just talking about. But uh, if you were to direct this book as a play or a musical, how would, what would you choose? Like, how would you, what would you want to direct? Surprisingly, because I've never done a direct the musical before, but I would actually do a musical for this book because of the internal monologues I think those could be portrayed really interestingly through song and the the situations that she has to go through on her own you know could be done so well with song and especially some of those flashback scenes where um like you want to make those more interesting I guess I think like some of the flashback scenes could be like kind of interesting with with some songs so I'm going to say musical. What about you, Julia? How would you direct a story like this? Oh, I don't know. I think it would be fun to try as a play, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you had some sort of like theater in the round. Oh. Um, because then you could have other act like you could open it up to other actors. So it wouldn't even have to be the same, you know, Alix, Kelly, Amira, Briar. Like you could have other actors coming in to portray the younger people people like the flashback and have the adult I say the adult crew but like the older crew looking back actually watching it with the audience which I think would be really interesting I like that that's kind of how I pictured it yeah yes that's kind of my thought on that uh which scene would you love to see play out the most in the book okay because I think they would be the most challenging for me and kind of going back why I wanted to be musical those like flashbacks like how would we handle the party scene when the police come and the kids are jumping over the wall and all of that. So I honestly would want to do that because I think it was, it would be a challenge for me and that finished product I think would look amazing. I also would be interested. I have like three, how she's going to, um, when she's cleaning the locker and she ends up finding the note, which you definitely have to read the book to know a little bit more about when Elix is going through the lockers and finding that letter and finding out she was wrong all along. I think mm-hmm. that would be really interesting. And then also, of course, I mean, we talked about it earlier, the grocery store scene, and I probably wouldn't portray that part necessarily with song, but I mean, just the, the tension in that scene, you have just so much to grab from. I think that'd be amazing to to direct. What would you want to direct, Julia? It's so weird and or random, maybe, but the there I have two as well. So the first one that I would love to direct um, 
would be the scene where Amira gets that phone call from Alix after the goldfish has died. And she's asked not to go to the Halloween party with Briar, but to get a new goldfish instead so that Alix doesn't have to explain death to her three-year-old. Mm-hmm. I would love to direct that to show the emotion that Amira is feeling in that moment, as well as Alix's, you know, hurried sort of fake excuses as to why she's not handling this topic with her daughter. Like, Oh, so much of who Alix is as a character is show like shows up in that scene, right? And so much of who Amira is and her heart and her love for this sweet little girl also shows up in that scene. I think it would be so fun to direct. I also would love to direct the moment of the video interview uh, at the end when she, you know, is going <laughs> yeah. to be live on TV and then Zara, her best friend, comes out and is like making a scene. I would just love to direct that. I think it would be I mean, obviously, you don't. It's not supposed to be funny, but there is like a comical element to Zara's um, intensity with being on the news, with all the you know fuss that she's creating. Just the contrast between the seriousness of the moment, the heaviness of what Amira mm-hmm. has chosen to do, and the almost humor that can be created by her friends stepping in and like saving the day, so to speak. I think would be really fun to play with mm-hmm. um, and to portray on stage. Yeah, I think that's definitely interesting because one of the scenes that I wrote that I wouldn't want to do is that one, even though I like it, I love it. But for me, there's just like so many emotions going through. And like you said, it's almost funny, but is it funny? Like it's one of those things and you could direct it as like the audience could be laughing out loud or you could direct it. The audience is like, Oh my goodness, this is like really reached a breaking point. Yeah. I would want the audience to be in tears at that moment. Oh, okay. And not laughing tears. I would want them to be like, shook like yeah absolutely to their core like oh my gosh this is something that if I saw on tv I would laugh at right it, you know it could be turned mm-hmm. into that hiding in your window snatching your people up like yeah it could, it could turn into that right I could see in this fictional world this video interview going viral like that right but that's not helping right mm-hmm. it, it's it is how she is helping her friend Amira literally asks Zara to do that but it it that would only help perpetuate certain stereotypes, right? Right, exactly. And that's something the book deals with is talking about, you know, the angry black woman and uh, just this negative view that America has about black women in general and, you know, discussing that and how it's different and how it shouldn't be that way. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it would be really interesting to see, to have, to direct that scene and have the audience see that Amira is like, she's both free but also broken mm-hmm. in that right. moment. Right, exactly. And, you know, to have them see that juxtapose, that that juxtaposition, I think could be really interesting and and like an eye-opening moment for the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think that scene just like has so much, uh, so much weight that I'm almost Mm -hmm. like, I would be like scared to approach it. It'll be like one of those ones at rehearsal, be like, oh, we're doing this scene today. I gotta be focused. And, you know, tell actors, (laughs) actors, okay, we're focusing now because it's like, like you just basically everything you said you're dealing with the stereotypes there's just so many layers and I think right. it, it will be probably one of the best scenes if this were mm-hmm. to be a play mm-hmm. but yeah just super challenging is there a scene that like makes you nervous if you were directing this the Thanksgiving scene that whole Thanksgiving scene both the meeting the emergency meeting of the moms in the closet to the 
greeting on the doorstep where Alix meets Kelly because it turns out Alix used to date Kelly. Oh, um, maybe a yeah. spoiler alert, but um, just that awkward tension. And then again, Alix has been so forceful about saying, You're part of the family, you're part of the family to Amira when she's not really. Right. She hasn't right, been exactly. treated or accepted in a way that would make her believe that to be true. And so I can I've been a nanny before for a couple summers. Um, part of me can identify with what Amira is going through here. She's worked with this woman with like a business, you know, sort of relationship. But now suddenly she's being asked to come in like a family member. It would be so uncomfortable. And. Oh, adding on top of that, the layer, you know, of the awkward boyfriend situation and Briar gets sick and just ooh that whole scene I don't know if I would know how to approach it properly and to do it the justice it would need right what about you yeah I have that's the, exactly the first one I wrote down was the Thanksgiving <laughs> uh, when I was thinking through because it's like so many things like so basically what you said so many things going on but I, mm-hmm. I would feel kind of trapped with the scenery like, oh interesting like um Oh, kitchen table but there's so much going on and how can I portray how everyone's feeling or right. we're, you know walking in the house and it, it's hard for me to portray all I would want to portray in that setting and that's kind of my biggest issue with it otherwise I feel like I might like it if it was like a outdoor festival and all the layers of the things were happening maybe. oh interesting so like reset it yeah if it wasn't like Thanksgiving inside close the door at the table right. right yeah go ahead do you think that 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 trapped indoor right do you think that that heightens the uncomfortable feeling for Amira and for Kelly and for Alix in that moment do you think that if it was set somewhere else that part of that tension would be taken away that's definitely true and that's why I have it as my my least favorite because it would be so so challenging because you are really right like the trappedness is what you the reader feels super Mm quick quickly when you read the book you're like oh it's all going down because they're trapped in a house (laughs) it's there's no way out and but I'm just like it's hard to actually convey the other emotions like I'm sure the audience could get the trapped feeling but some of those Mm -hmm. other emotions that are going on there may not be so easily portrayed right but yeah did you have any other challenging uh, scenes you thought of Another scene that would be interesting to do would be the scene at the bar when Mm -hmm. Amira believes that Kelly has leaked the video from the grocery store accident incident to the press because she's so happy, right? She's celebrating her 26th birthday. She's, you know, going to be on her own. She's, you know, facing all of these new challenges that being 26 means in America and she's you know happy right she's hanging with her friends she's a little bit tipsy and then all of a sudden her world bottoms out because I think that you know it's fairly straightforward but as an actress like I think a really interesting one to play out what Mm -hmm. do you think uh yeah I think so difficult yeah I have um my last one and it's like multiple (laughs) of them but kind of just like Mm -hmm. their little the little play dates where she's just doing her day-to-day nanny work. I feel oh. like some of those, for some reason, just came to my mind that might be 
challenging just to not make make boring because I think those are so important right because there is just this like really sweetness and pureness to their relationship and I would really want to capture that Mm -hmm. and I would fear that I wouldn't because I might focus on some of the bigger scenes so I put that down as a hard yeah yeah definitely you need it yeah because that would that would be what would kind of ground Amira's desire to stay is that relationship she has with Briar. But I can, I know exactly what you mean. It could be really boring because sometimes those down, like heartfelt moments, just the every day to day, the audience doesn't always, they're not interested. They're like, they're not there for that, mm-hmm. but you need it to communicate the story. Oh, that's interesting. Right. And even the actors might be like, oh, this is my chill scene. This is my, oh, we don't practice this as much. Like type oh. of, type of scene, like take a breather. Mm-hmm. This is the easy part. Right. Right. You Which know. to an extent might be true, but if yeah. you don't portray it correctly, like it loses its heart and it, it really needs that to, to hold it together. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Interesting. Was there any, I know we kind of jumped, kind of went a little quickly through the book talk portion, jumped right into the director's notes. Was there any other portion of the story or anything that you wanted to talk about or discuss, especially, you know, regarding, um, race relations or even the you know elites to Amira employer to employee relationship anything you wanted to discuss there yeah I mean I feel like there's just so much to unpack and mm-hmm. a lot of it is personal like you know not, I'm not saying I'm not sharing what I mean by personal is like each person kind of interprets the book differently but what I like about the book is it shows people that you might have an unconscious bias, which I think that when um, things were first coming up with the George Floyd um, situation and other things, people didn't want to admit that they might have um, racist tendencies, um, Mm -hmm. but on accident and not everything's on purpose. And that's why I like how this book shows not everything is, you know, the KKK, not everything is like that bad. Some people are perpetuating racism and they do not know it. And this book is an example of it. I mean, I'm sure sometimes Alix knows she's not doing things exactly right, but if you asked her, she wouldn't say that she ever did anything racist necessarily. But that doesn't mean that you aren't just because you aren't realizing it. And then going along with like um, putting myself in the position of Amira so Amir, I just think about her um, story because it was just like a misunderstanding. Like she's just trying to do her job right? and then something happens to her. And I can relate to that because, you know, I'm the same age as her and I'm black and, you know, hundred percent of the time I'm just trying to do my job or just do my, live my life. And right. it, like not the same situation didn't happen to me, but so I'm at the dollar general and there was an altercation between two other other black women. And I'm like walking out the store and the police thought that I was one of the people they were having an issue with. And I just felt like I wasn't like spoke too kindly and I was conf- they were confused and I felt frustrated. You know, it's just one of those things like I don't think he necessarily didn't like me, but there's just this sense of people don't know their bias because a lot of people right. he allowed to walk out the store, but not me. Oh, and yeah. and so wow. what would have um, Amira can help but wonder what would happen if she was white and she was wearing the same outfit mm-hmm. with a kid you know so it's just 
I don't know if I'm kind of speaking in circles, circles, but I'm just saying all the feelings that I felt. But I, what I think is so important, I think everyone needs to read this book because it deals with it in a way that can cause you to think, what do I do that's like a leaks? Right. You know, or yeah. what have I done that someone may be still living with today? So, right. yeah, definitely a yeah. good book. Yeah, for sure. And I think that even, you know, as a, as a white person reading this book, it made me realize how much both of the both of the white main you know, protagonists in the story, both Kelly and Aleeks, both in their own way were were trying to do what was right, but they neither of them were actually listening to Amira, right? right? The person in front of them who they said they were trying to help, neither of them actually listened to her. And I just think it really reinforces how important it is to listen to the people around you. I just finished listening to um, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Right. Uh, his, the book that he wrote, Manuel um, Echo wrote, I just listened to the audiobook. And one of the things that he talks about is, you know, actually have conversations with your black friends and listen to them, listen to what they say. And I think that that, that this book, Such a Fun Age, really shows how that plays out in, you know, a daily life, in relationships, both a working relationship and a, you know, love relationship, right, between Kelly and Elise, mm-hmm. or excuse me, between Kelly and Amira. Neither person actually listens to Amira and what she wants and needs. Neither of them really respect her in that way. And um, yeah, it's just, it was really eye-opening to me. I really enjoyed reading this book. It made me think a lot about things that I've said and done and ways that I've treated people or things that I've said, not realizing what I was doing was wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet how deeply that can hurt someone else. And just made me like, you know, check myself like, whoa, you know, think before you speak and listen to other people around you and don't just assume things for whatever reason you know, actually care about the person and not just what you think the person's like. Right. Exactly. Definitely. But yeah, that's what I was also saying. Like, it's like interesting what different um, takeaways people have from the book. Like some of your takeaways um, as far as like the race goes, race situations and stuff go were different than mine. And that's why I think Mm -hmm. this book is so like so good because she did such a good job because like every single person I talked to about it had just like a little bit different of a takeaway so that was really cool yeah I like I said I really did enjoy it uh, but now we're going to move into some headset chatter so to speak um, in theater one of the best parts about being part of the technical crew or you know stage manager floor manager house manager etc is getting to be on the headset and talking to the other people who have been working on this production with you, um, even though you're not acting in the production. So part of our time on the podcast will be headset chatter. So just talking about our life, uh, you know, how things are going, uh, what are the things we've been reading recently, that sort of thing. So Kim, what's up with your life? How's, how's things going? Going pretty good. Um, I finally got my hair braided. Ooh, yeah. I <laughs> am a new mom. So fun fact for those listening, I have a four-month-old son named Rain. And basically, so I have my hair natural. I don't use relaxer or put any heat products in my hair. And things were struggling, struggling so bad. (laughs) And I needed a protective style immediately, immediately. So Friday night, I got braids. And I'm like super, super happy. And I decided to get like blonde in it. So it looks pretty, it's pretty fun. Something different, you know. 
for I was gonna say for the holiday season coming up but you know I'm gonna have to change my hair before then but I definitely am like so happy to have my hair done I was waiting on that and then I've just been like writing a lot more and reading young adult fiction and Mm -hmm. definitely enjoying that and then yeah you yeah go ahead you you just wrote or you just had an article published in a fashion magazine right yes so um I'm working on becoming like getting more freelance writing opportunities but so far I had only been published in like outdoor type things and I was like a couple weeks ago I was like I will not quit until a magazine accepts my pitch about something other than outdoors (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I wrote I wrote a fun piece about Telfar Clemens which is like this new up-and-coming black designer and that was super super fun because I'm getting more into fashion getting more into purses so it's a new purse I just got and I wrote all about why how it became an it bag basically so that's that was really really fun but what have you been up to Julia? I'm just living life. Um, you know, Hawaii life, going to the beach. Um, I took my cat to the vet, so that was always exciting. I do not have any babies of my own, although Rain is perfect. He's perfect. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I just love him. Um, but my little my little cat baby um, took her to the vet <laughs> yesterday. So that's always fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I am planning on moving in December still, so I'm making plans for that. Um, do you know where you're moving to life organized, probably Alabama, um, just back to where my parents are just, you know, to be near to family. Um, I think everything with COVID just really made me realize that obviously the family you choose is super important. Um, but I think you're also, you know, I have a good relationship with my family and so I'd, I'd like to be close to them and be where I can see them more because, you know, a 14 hour, a 14 hour flight, 14 to 17 hour flight is not really super close to them, um, obviously. So that's part of why I want to move back. Um, yeah. Do you think you're going to miss Hawaii? Oh, I absolutely 100% will miss Hawaii. I already miss Hawaii yeah. and I'm still here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine but... like leaving Hawaii. I love Hawaii. I've only been one time, but I think about it all the time. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. The Hawaii Children's Theater is a theater I've had some um, connection with. I've taught with them, been in a, you know, one of their productions. They're doing Moana. Um, it's like opening oh. next, next weekend, I think. Um, I cannot wait. That's the thing I'm looking forward to, uh, is getting to go to see Moana. I am so excited. It's going to be so brilliant. The director is amazing and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I wish I could see it. Is it going to live stream? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know. I can I, find out that for you. Yeah, you know. I kind of want to watch. I'm kind of here for that. That sounds good. Yeah, if if it's live streamed, I'll definitely send the link over and I could put it in the show notes too. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be phenomenal. These kids work so hard. Um, I know almost all of the people who are in the cast and they're really fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that. Are you doing anything fun? Looking forward to anything in the next couple weeks? Let's see. In the next couple weeks... I'm going to a baby shower. That'll be fun. But other than that, I'm just like laying low um, until we have some visitors coming and then like two weeks. And then I'm going to Jacksonville for Thanksgiving. I'm super excited about that. But I think this week I'm just going to chill and watch probably too much TV. What about you? Have you been watching anything good on TV lately? Uh, Not really. I've been doing a lot of audiobooks recently. Um, 
trying to get to that Goodreads goal. Um, (laughs) So I haven't been doing a lot of television watching. I introduced my roommate to Doctor Who, though, um, because she had never even, like, heard of it. So we started with 10 with uh, Eccleston, or with 9 with Eccleston, and we're working our way through. So, um, yeah, that's been really interesting to watch her watch that. has been really fun. So Yeah, I love Doctor Who sound like very basic but like i literally have to stop watching because of like what are they called daleks they Daleks. yes yeah i daleks. can't handle the sound i can't handle the, ex- <laughs> the exterminate like it just sounds like it sounds like a parody or just like i can't handle it like I, yeah I it sounds fake like oh. is this the really what they do and i'm like it just doesn't make sense and then they move slow i don't know but i love the show <laughs> I love the show, but they're always going slow, and they're like exterminate, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "I You're feel like to be scared of them, but they're not. They don't seem that scary, right?" Like, I feel oh. like we can outsmart them compared to all the other crazy <laughs> stuff that happens, and those things keep popping up. Okay, anyway, sorry, I'm going yeah, too hard. So funny, but I've no, been I watching. <laughs> I've been watching Real Housewives of Potomac, which is worse than mm. Doctor Who. Like, if you have to choose <laughs> what's better for you, watch Doctor Who. But yeah, I just can't stop watching. I grew up in the D.C. area, so sometimes mm-hmm. I see places I recognize. And the ladies are just so, like, I love their outfits. I love their hair. And then they just, like, fight. Like, it's, like, so funny. Not physical fight that much. I just mean, like, just, like, little petty arguments. And they just have the quickest comebacks. So that's been it. fun. I love a good clap back. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I wish I was better. I could never think. I would not last on that show. Like, I just probably a good thing, though, Kimberly. It's probably a good thing. That's true. Yeah, and I feel like my abilities to like clap back or whatever have decreased because you know, in college, you know, you're always around people and around friends who you may have to defend yourself (laughs) or something. Whereas, like now, you know, you're just really relaxing. You're an adult, and most of the time, your coworkers don't do too much. So, yeah, it's true. I remember in college, we we had that like group chat. We mm-hmm. really went hard in the paint sometimes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, my word. So, yeah. And even, like I said, I'm telling you, headset is the place in theater. And we went, yeah, it, we, yeah. we did not, we were not easy on each other. That right. That is for sure. And the so. weirdest thing is like headset chatter. If anybody's like theater listening to this, you'll know you'll be like, um, cue stage light or jack to stage. So anyway, like you're having like, two conversations like you're living like two lives like one where you're making calls and the yes. other one where you're like discussing dinner and homework yes and until the stuff yeah until the stage manager is like quiet on the headset standing yeah. by for the you know this intense cue sequence or i i was the stage manager so i had to, yeah. <laughs> i had to cancel some conversations sometimes yeah true true and there's always like one person on headset who like isn't as interested in like telling jokes and stories and all this stuff yeah it's true and now i'm like having this memory like the the husband wait i don't want to say the husband okay the person my husband who i'm married to now i remember when we were first talking i was like oh i can't wait to get a headset tonight so i could like explain this to them (laughs) and like so i was like telling them like there's this guy oh my goodness okay cute jack stage anyway i don't know i remember that i do i really remember it it was wonderful (laughs) 
Next time we get together, we're going to be talking about Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Simple. So I'm really looking forward to that, and we hope you'll join us then. We can't wait to have you back on the read-through.